the three of us are going to start every episode with a synchronized clap, but we're not going to count down to do it. <laughs> every episode. This every, doesn't last past every this episode. Ep- every episode. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start like that. Ready? Do it again by yourself. <laughs> okay, just us two? Don't do it. One clap is what we need. Backing up Bautista all the way to the wall. See you later. Wow, Tristan Casas has homered. Swing and a line drive into right field. It's falling fast and it's in for a base hit. And history for Jairo Munoz. Line wide, deep left center. Matheny's on the run. Still back to the track, to the wall. He leaps. And did he get it? He did. Oh, my. Tate Matheny. What a catch by Tate. Hello and welcome to the inaugural Woo Sox podcast. We're calling it, I think we're calling episode one the inaugural episode. Well, yeah, that would be first. Yeah, but that's, we've had a lot of inaugural things this year. Well, I think we lead the league in uh, ribbon cutting, so. We do. Yeah, so. Oh, Dr. Charles. That was a big miss. I can't believe I didn't (laughs) think of a ribbon for this. Well, he's he's, uh, cutting some ribbons on beaches right now, so it's fine. He's out in Aruba while we're here working hard. We, by the way, I'm Tim Quidadamo, manager of Woosox Productions. I'm Chris Bergstrom, director of marketing development. In this podcast, we want to sort of give a behind-the-scenes look at what goes on with the Worcester Red Sox, with Polar Park events, with the city of Worcester. Chris and I, both Worcester natives, grew up here. Chris, do you want to start because you're much older and have a longer <laughs> career history? Tell yeah, the people how you got uh, here. Yeah, when I grew up, we didn't have cell phones. Um, <laughs> so I, I grew up uh, off of Greenwood Street here in Worcester on Homestead Street in a typical three-decker, as everybody usually grows up here in Worcester. Uh, went to St. Mary's Elementary School on Richland mm. Street. Went from there to Holy Name Central Catholic, which ironically this year both schools no longer exist, so that's how old I am. And then I went to Worcester State College. It was a college at the time. Now – it's a university, so I feel like I should ask for my money back. You have you have no schools that still currently exist that you've gone no, to. No, exactly, exactly. And they're like, oh, my God, you went to a college, not a university? I'm like, well, yeah, it's fine. It's a university now. So, But, yeah, so I grew up here um, in St. Mary's down the street, so I hung out here in the Canal District when yeah. I was growing up, and it's kind of weird to be back sitting here in what used to be a vacant parking lot. So, Right. Yeah. And then – 21 years was it with the red sox 21 years yeah um before that i worked for the worcester ice cats running their community relations and their in-game entertainment and then went to boston for 21 years ice cats games were always the best i remember going chris also used to be scratch the ice cot or the ice cats mascot yeah, that's right so and i remember we've me. probably hugged before that's when kinda, you visited my elementary school yeah, it's kind of weird area. i wouldn't hug you now so right it's yeah. strange hey yeah so <laughs> But uh, I went from the Ice Cats to the Red Sox for 21 years and then full circle back here to Worcester where I am now. So, Ice Cats games were always the best because there would be at least one fight per period. Uh, no, probably about four or five. Right. Yeah. We, don't, we don't condone fighting. Well, But also shout yeah. out to the Rochester Red Wings because <laughs> <laughs> there was that – Benches clearing brawl on the Sunday of that. I yeah, think their first I think series here. You guys here played was some good music that day too for them while that was happening. <laughs> so it was pretty good. <laughs> so my dad was my daughter was here and she's like, "Oh my god, they're fighting on the field, but they're playing Frozen. It's really <laughs> right. weird. They're, they're playing like, oh. Bad Blood by Taylor Swift." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so we, we got a note from the umpires after that uh, not to incite any sort of brawls that were going on. But there was a brawl already going on. Right. So It was already incited. Yeah, exactly. We were just egging them on. Which In-game entertainment. I think are synonymous. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but now, you grew up in Worcester many years after I was born, yeah. according to you. So, What were you doing in 1996? <laughs> I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. I was yeah. being born. Oh, okay. um, and I grew up in Tatnick Square, right behind Christ the King Church over on Brantwood Road. I went to Tatnick Magnet Elementary School. Did you go to Tatnick Bookseller? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. we were actually, my family was first in line. Um, J.K. Rowling was signing copies of the Sorcerer's Stone. And my brother Tom got the first copy. And he had his picture in the TNG. It was a huge deal. She came here to Worcester? Yeah. People forget. Um, but yeah, Tatnick Magnet Elementary School. Tanyan Sturts also went there. Former Yankee and Blue Jay. <laughs> That's a big. That's a big major league name for Worcester. Was your claim the fame Tanyan Sturts? Tanyan Sturts, yeah. He also yeah, yeah, yeah. played at Jesse Burkett Little League. Like oh, I Mark did. Johnson. I think Mark Johnson was it. He played for the Mets. He went to Holy Name. Uh, J.P. Ricciardi. Oh, he was the basketball coach at Holy Name. When I went yeah. to school there. Yeah. He's over so, in Pittsburgh now. He is. Yeah, and then he was with the A's when he was there. All the good moves he made with uh, Billy Bean. I gave him the advice when I was in school. So yeah. that's great. Mark Johnson. Played for the Pirates, Angels, and New York Mets. Born in Worcester, Mass. See, Mark Johnson. That. There you go. Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson, if you're listening, please come on the pod. <laughs> well, he currently works as a trader on Wall Street, so we could find Oh, him. yeah. That, that is a versatile oh, yeah. man. That's somebody I need to know. Let's go. Come on the pod, Mark. I need some financial advice. Um, anyway, after that, Forest Grove Middle School. I'm Worcester Public through and through. Went to Doherty High School. Played baseball there. Shout out Ed Whalen. Shout out Eric Goldstein um, for being my baseball coaches around here growing up. And then I went to Emerson College, had a couple of classes that Woo Sox team president, Dr. Charles Steinberg, taught. Those were always a Cheap lot of plug. fun. Cheap plug. <laughs> and uh, we had a Thursday breakfast in like a group project with Dr. Charles in Brookline at Zatfigs every Thursday, 8 a.m. Uh, in 2018. And he was talking about, like, the team in Pawtucket. And I just kept saying, move to Worcester. Move to Worcester. Just, it's always been a baseball town. I would play down at Tivnan Field and hear people screaming. It sounded like a Wait, a full so stadium. everybody in Worcester should come thank you for the yeah. – well, they should really thank Gene Zabinski for the 10,000 postcards that he got community members. True. But I take partial credit. I take credit for getting Charles so frustrated to the point that he told me to stop bringing up Worcester at these breakfasts until the very last one where he said, tell me a little bit more about Worcester. So, so we, all, we all owe yeah. it to, you're to you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Sure. You know what else happened in Dr. Charles' sports comm class that you were in? What else happened? You met it? the best producer in the world. I did meet the best producer in the world. That would be Dylan McCaffrey, who you've heard from a lot. Our TV producer for our Nesson broadcast and also producer of the Woo Sox pod. So if you need to see any improvements on the Nesson broadcast, please yeah. you can email him. He takes you can follow me at DCAF24. 
and I may or may not take your advice. So you went to Emerson, right? Yes. Okay. Did you play sports at Emerson? Yeah. Don't look me up. No? No. Look up my fielding stats. Did you play baseball? Yeah, I played baseball at Emerson. How was the Emerson baseball team? The Emerson baseball team is up and coming and has been for about 12 years now. Mm. Um, but loved my time there. It was great. We play in one of the toughest Division three conferences, the new MAC, with Babson, MIT, Wheaton, and we would get smoked every game. By even MIT? Especially by MIT. Okay. MIT had a kid who got drafted by the Cubs. My He skipped his senior year, or graduated early, I think. He graduated early from MIT, which is wild, and got drafted by the Cubs in, like, the sixth round. Peter Gammons wrote an article about him saying he might be the next Nomar. I don't think he plays in minor league baseball anymore. <laughs> Chris, you don't want to know TQ's career batting average at Emerson College? Yes, I do. Can we look it up, please? It's it bad. is. Uh, I've looked it up. I think it is a solid, respectable 187. 187? Senior year, though, he hit 210. He must have only had like 10 at-bats then. No. 390. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Okay, that's why you're sitting here. Right. I'm not a cold-weather yeah. player. No, no. I found that out the hard way. Oh, yeah. what, what are the fielding stats? The fielding stats, which everyone cares so much about, <laughs> his career fielding percentage was 96.9%. That's nice. So everybody listening nice, to this right Chris. now is like, I'm never going to listen to this. This is an Emerson baseball show. You turned it into an Emerson baseball show by asking me about it. Because I can't walk by you without you telling me you play for Emerson. That's just not true. Well, I don't know about that. A lot of that batting average I try to suppress as much as I can. It's deep yeah. down. I don't know if you saw the look of terror on my face when you asked me about it. Uh, I did. That's why I did it. So Yeah. So let's circle back to – so you worked for the Paw Sox, right? Yep. Interned for the Paw Sox, worked for them, ended up uh, operating the video board down in Pawtucket in 2019. And then all of a sudden the world shuts game. down. The world We're in shuts down. the middle of a pandemic. Right. So before it shut down, I actually did the TV broadcast with Jim Kane, Wu Sox broadcaster, uh, for the last game of the 2019 Paw Sox season, which was only being – broadcast television on Spectrum, and then we had a separate radio broadcast going out around Rhode Island. And what we didn't know at the time is that would eventually be the last game in Paw Sox history because the 2020 season was canceled. Yeah. So inadvertently, I am on the call for Cole Sturgeon's walk-off extra innings home run in the last Paw Sox game ever, which is essentially – what happens to me in my life, I'm the luckiest person ever. To the point I'm convinced life happens for me. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. You feel the same, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Pawtucket. Okay. So, yep. So, Pawtucket. We hit, a, we hit a pandemic, and then, you know, uh, the Paw Sox lose their season. Yep. And then – that's before I was here. I was I started working during the pandemic. Um, at the time, it was still the Paw Sox. We weren't the Blue Sox mm-hmm. yet, but we had already moved on to to Worcester. Um, so, explain a little bit about preparing for like an opening day in a brand new ballpark. Um, we'll talk about opening day more in depth later on, right? right? But talk about what, what is it like to be stuck at home 
and realizing that you guys are going to have to broadcast home games every night for a baseball season. Yeah. By the way, might not happen. Right. We don't know. Um, you're gonna have to run a brand new control room. Yep. Maybe, because we might not have baseball right. games still in Worcester because of the pandemic, and we have no equipment yet, and we'll tell you what it's gonna be. So how do you, it, you feel sitting at home with all that happening? <laughs> um, as cliche as it is, you have to control what you can control. And at that point, I just couldn't control anything because there were delays in construction because of COVID. Obviously, that's nobody's fault. So equipment is getting installed at the 11th hour. I thought you were the luckiest guy alive. Luckily. <laughs> just saying. Luckily. The season was delayed last year, a month. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to start mid-April. We ended up starting mid-May. Um, so that month was huge for us to get p- staff in here trained during those alternate uh, training site games that the team was playing. So we would live. Now, for people that might not know, because I know because working here, but yep. what, what is the alternate training site? What do you mean by that? So that was a lot of the minor league players. It was essentially an extended spring training for non-major league players. So instead of just delaying the season a month um, and having minor leaguers just sit at home doing nothing or training on their own, what ended up becoming the Woo Sox, but wasn't officially the Woo Sox at the time, came to Polar Park and they practiced every day for the month of April. Um, They would play simulated games so pitchers could see live hitters, live hitters could see live pitching. And they could get used to a brand-new ballpark, too, which was a huge element to it, where a lot of the alternate training sites, it's guys going to the same ballpark they played in last year. They're already familiar with it. But here, all of the outfielders are taking balls off the Worcester wall to try to see how they bounce and play in this new ballpark. So it was really beneficial to them, too. And we live-streamed those games on Facebook and I think Twitter when they still let Mm -hmm. uh, you broadcast live on Twitter through Periscope. And – that was so huge to get staff in here training on all this new equipment and honestly myself training on this equipment and trying to build a workflow to see how it would go. And obviously it wasn't just me. There were so many people involved in making this happen and it was just an all hands on deck trying to make opening day happen the way we wanted to. And when you say staff, I, I don't think people realize how many people actually work to put on this show every night that they come here yeah. or are watching on Essen. And all those people are also walking into the situation where everything's brand new. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at leaders such as yourself and being like, hey, how do we do? Right. And you turn around and go, I like, don't really know. It's, it's the classic like retail response where you go, I don't know just yet. Let me find out. Is I could I couldn't tell you how many times I've said that. And in you're probably still saying it now. Still saying it now. Yeah. yeah. Especially as a young professional, especially at this table, a young like myself. Yeah. But, well, but yeah. as a young professional, all the time, hey, let me talk to whoever I need to talk to. Let me try to research whatever it might be. This new piece of equipment we have. Let me see what it's capable of, how to do it, and I'll get back to you. In the meantime, that was the other thing. It was always, hey, how do you do this? A lot of times I wouldn't know. You go, in the meantime, can you edit some videos or some photos? And it was constant moving pieces that we were trying to navigate 
in preparation. I, I for just don't, day I don't chaos. think everybody realizes that You're literally a lot on, of on opening day, and like I said, we'll talk about it more later on. But on opening day, in the morning, this place was still being built. Yeah, I mean they were still. It was being built for. It was being built during baseball right. games in April. I mean in May, June, July. It's still being built now because there's stuff still not done. But the first time I walked in the ballpark was opening day. Yeah. Right? And I walked in and being new in, I mean, I started kind of in September, but not officially Mm -hmm. until January or April. But anyways, um, I didn't even really know anybody. Right. Right. It's just like, because everything up to then was like Zoom calls and it's like, oh, this is so-and-so and they run that. And. You know, starting to work somewhere where if you're in an office, you can kind of walk around and talk to people and say, oh, how does this work or who mm-hmm. does this? Or, I had none of that. Right. So I just walk in here opening day and go, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> right. It's just because I've never been a part of a ballpark opening. I mean, I worked at Fenway Park. And right. I, I didn't open that ballpark as much as old as you think I am. But mm-hmm. I wasn't there. When that just opened. missed it. Yeah. Just missed it um, by a lot of years. But what was, what was it like starting? just at home on zoom at a new place and uh, trying to see like what your role would be and how you would fit when you're like you said you're just having like an hour long zoom meeting here and there it, it's interesting it's probably more interesting when you have three kids running around your house and you're trying right. to work but they're home from school too because they're not going to school mm-hmm. um it's tough because you also don't want to feel like you're stepping on anybody's toes. Yeah. Because I'm still trying to learn what people do. Um, it It's interesting. And I, I still now am learning things. Being at, in one organization for 21 years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden not being there and being something new. I mean, just to kind of put it in perspective, like I worked at the Ice Cats when I was really young. I was still in, I was still in college work and then I was working full time at the same time for the Ice Cats. Mm-hmm. So really, my first career move would be the Boston Red Sox. So imagine I never worked anywhere else in my life, almost. That's and then it was twenty-one just like, years. That's more than half your life. Yeah, for once sure. Once you yeah, left the Red my Sox. Whole life. Thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. Our baby boy, Dylan McCaffrey, <laughs> a, a young, uh, a spry twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. My God. Okay. Um, <laughs> So it's 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 tough, right? Yeah. To, to kind of make that adjustment, and like I said, most of it was like you want to find find out where you stand in the organization and mm-hmm. what your job is. And the biggest difference between Boston and here is when you're working in, especially Major League Baseball, and for for an organization that's so well known and respected, is you get your job title. You get your job description, and they're like, this is what you do. Yeah. And that's all you do mm-hmm. because there's other departments, other people that do things. We have a grounds crew that 10 guys are full-time, right? So I had never pulled a tarp in my life. Did I think it was the coolest damn thing that I ever did last year? Yeah, I thought it was. Did you? Did you I love did. it? I did. I loved it. Oh. Yeah. And then I, I, I remember not You're to go off into another thing, but. It was porno when I'm pulling the tarp and I get behind home plate and I'm pulling and all of a sudden I hear somebody go, Chris. And I turn around, it's one of my friends filming me and they're like, how's life in the minors? And I'm like, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so damn cool. 
Um, so I, the biggest adjustment for me is that you could get a title here. You could get a job description, but you basically do everything that's not on that job right. description, right? It's all hands on deck. It's all hands on Everyone's deck. Everyone's just trying everything. to help each other out. Correct. So not that I learned. One time you guys let me turn the lights on in here. It's pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going to definitely mess around with that next year, and it's going to be fun. But anyways, uh, so that was the biggest adjustment for me is understanding that you're not stepping on people's toes mm -hmm. because everybody's doing everything. Yep. And you're expected to do that. And um, if you do end up stepping on somebody's toes, someone will say, hey, I don't need you to do that. Or they'll say, I got that covered. Yeah, but there's not too many times somebody tells you that they don't. Right, because there's so here. much to do. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always so much to, so do. Much to they do. They don't understand. And then there's like – I mean, when you talk about staff members, I mean, including everybody here, there's probably the core group is way under 100. It's yeah, under 70, way under. You know, I'm including full-time, part-time. There was 70 people in Boston on the floor I sat on. You know, mm -hmm. all the, there was like almost, you know, between two, three, four hundred of us that were full-time. Um, and plus you had FSM and, you know, you had Ralph right. Fenway. You had Liverpool. FSM is there. Fenway Sports Fenway Management. Fenway Sports Management, yep. which is a whole other discussion, like how they do that. But what I'm saying is everybody had a job, and that's all they did. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest adjustment for coming here is don't be afraid to step outside of that box to help out or ask them if they need help or just do it quite frankly, right? right? Um, that's what I'm coming to find as someone who I grew up working in restaurants, same kind of thing, where it was this is your job, this is what you do. And there's, like, such a rigid structure to it. And, like, this is what you're responsible for. You're bartending. Keep track of the bar. Do the dishware when it's not busy. If it is busy, we'll have a busser come over mm -hmm. and do it. And then working in sports and in a creative role, too. And luckily, Charles comes from a creative background with the Baltimore Orioles. Did you just say Charles Steinberg's creative? No way. Yeah. Okay. Baseball's Mr. Rogers. Is yeah, what I know. <laughs> that's why it's yeah. so impressive. I frustrated him by bringing up moving to Worcester back in the day. But that's one of the best things about working for him is that no idea is a bad idea. Right. He wants to see it in action. Yeah, it might not always happen. Right. But you could come up with an idea and maybe it gets tweaked just a little bit. Yeah. And then it happens. But no, no idea is a bad idea. No, he res he respects the creative vision. He might not agree with it all the time. And he might have his notes, but like he wants to see and he wants us to hear go out and too. do stuff, yeah. which coming from that rigid sort of service industry background, there have been times that I'm like, oh, there's no way they're paying me to set up and make a podcast, right? But I don't think they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's during business hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, but and when you talk about doing different types of jobs, also, you know, with Larry Lucchino, with Larry, he expects you to do right. that, too. If you're walking, one of the things he prides himself on is having the cleanest ballpark in America. Mm -hmm. And he's, it was the same thing at Fenway, right? Mm -hmm. Friendly Fenway was his idea. You know, Fenway Park, when I was a kid, wasn't a welcoming place. I mean, right. you, I mean. It's just you would go there, and if you were a kid, it's not somewhere you wanted to bring your kids. Yeah. It's kind of like old Foxborough Stadium was. Now I'm really dating myself. but And he changed that there. Right. He made Fenway Park a place where you want to bring your family. Mm -hmm. 
And I was lucky enough and others just to be along to help him do that. But he has the same vision for here in Worcester, right? It's a minor league team. It's going to be family friendly right off the bat. Yep. But you can be different by this being the cleanest ballpark. Mm-hmm. So if you're a full-time employee and you don't work, if you're not a custodian or you don't work in that department, if you walk by a piece of garbage and he sees you, you, you pick you, it up. You got to pick that yeah. up. Yeah. So it's just he also expects you to do things that are not in your job description because that's just the way it is. Everybody mm-hmm. should be – if you are a leader here or a leader anywhere, you should never ask somebody who works for you to do something that you wouldn't do. Right. Did you ever do that this year, TQ? Pick up trash? Or as a leader, ask people to do things you didn't want to do? Ask people to do things I didn't say I didn't, didn't want, want to, do. to right, do. Right, right, right. <laughs> I said that you wouldn't. Right. It doesn't mean that you know, I think I've only asked people to do things that I've done before and sort of led into it as a this would be a huge help if you could take this off my plate. If you don't have the bandwidth to do it, it's going to fall back on me and I'll have to find the time to do it, but I would love if you could do it. And luckily we have a great staff that needs you, you guys deal needs with this little all the time? direction. That's our fearless leader right there. Tim See, I'm so filled with fear every day. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, that was the biggest change for me from here, from Boston to here. I still yeah. deal with it every day. But I'm still trying to find where I stand and what I do. and But it's not a bad thing. So, Did you have game day responsibilities at Fenway? I used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in charge of the mascot program originally there. Um, so I was best friends with Wally the Green Monster. And then, so I would have to be at every game. Mm-hmm. Um, but as my career progressed on, I became the director of fan and youth engagement. So I had about 100 employees that worked for me at that time at Fenway. And we would do all the virtual reality, all the fan clubs. Um, it would be the mascot department too, uh, mobile marketing and stuff like that. So on game days, I'd probably leave more alone the fifth inning or so when it came to that after I was done with my mascot days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, it came to a point where I had a lot of people who were doing game day stuff for me. Yeah. But mostly everybody there has some sort of game day responsibility. It's just because they're hosting clients. They're, you know, you got the Nesson side of things. That right. We, even though it's Nesson doing it, we're still dealing with it and helping along. It's just, you can't imagine how much is going on on the game mm. day there. Uh, it makes me I chuckle a little bit sometimes especially I used to do it in spring training where the first day of spring training we would get down to JetBlue and I'd be standing there and be looking at the new interns and they're running around like I can't believe we need to get this right uh, and I want to turn around and go guys there's like 6,000 people walking in the door I said calm down yeah we had 6,000 people walking at Fenway we'd go out of business Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so just take a deep breath it's going to be fine and move along so but that's a long-winded answer to your I don't even remember what I You asked me if I gained their responsibility. That's everybody right. there does. Yeah. Yeah. Especially everybody here does. Because like you said earlier, it's all hands on deck. For sure. So yeah. what was it like walking? Because my game day responsibilities, I'm directing the in-ballpark entertainment. So everything you see on the video boards, everything you hear, PA announcements, music, whatever it might be. So I'm stuck up in the control room. What was it like being from here and walking around the seating bowl and ballpark? during games how many people did you run into that you knew uh, a lot i ran into people from high school that i haven't seen since high school mm-hmm. right and i ran into some people from high school that i didn't want to see and that's the reason i haven't <laughs> seen them since high school <laughs> um but even working for the ice cats i i 
the, a lot of the fans are still here. They're Railers fans now. They go to the yep. Railers games, so they come here. So I literally couldn't walk ten feet without uh, seeing somebody that I knew. Yeah, I had a couple of games that I wasn't directing that I would walk around, and it was old coaches, old teammates, same thing, people from high school. It was wild to me how many different community members I had met like growing up and whether it was from school or from baseball or from my brothers or parents, whoever it was that I would see, I couldn't walk more than a minute without running into someone that knew me or that mm. I knew. Yeah. What's up, Steve? Get on the, get on the pod. Steve Oliveira just walking into the room. So Steve in, in, Oliveira into the producer's booth. So Steve also worked for the Boston Red Sox. Hello. Hi, hi everyone. And he is the <laughs> – just to let you know, whenever you're going to get – we haven't announced our promotional schedule, so I can't say what we're going to do this year. But when if you come to the ballpark and you get a giveaway, if you don't like it, you can let Steve Oliveira know because he was the creator of you, it. S. Oliveira at WooSox.com. No. Or T. Quidadamo also. <laughs> no. I, I, we share Good an luck email spelling address, that. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just walking by the clubhouse and I didn't realize what I'd see here. So we're we're in the visitor's clubhouse right now, which – since Steve is walking down here, we should let the listeners and viewers know, is like the farthest area from where Steve should actually be doing work. Which, which is exactly why I'm here, so nobody would find me. <laughs> but it's an area you can see if you go on a Polar Park tour. That's right. And you can see the podcast set, which we'll be leaving up. That's a question I meant to ask Steve the other day, if that's fine, if we do that. I think that would be great as part of the tour experience Perfect. to see where the magic happens back here. So I'm all, all in favor. Maybe we'll upcharge to see it. Who oh. knows? Just, uh, no. You know, no, no, never mind. Okay, no never upcharge. Mind. We won't do that. But anyway, all right, I got to go grab some lunch, but thank you, <laughs> thank you for inviting <laughs> thank, me. Thanks for coming on. The inaugural pod. The inaugural podcast guest, Steve Oliveira. I think he'll be back this Steve year. Steve Oliveira, the first guest. Wow! If, if any of you ever seen Nesson Clubhouse before, he had <laughs> Steve just yelled in the background because he was a star in Nesson Clubhouse. He was. He had in every episode he was on there saying what giveaways we were going to have at the Red Sox, so he was good. So, did he host the kids show? Uh he's going to potentially. He's going to here. Yeah, we're going to make him. So be good, but that's for discussion later on. So, but that's a good segue having Steve pop in because I think on this podcast we will meet different, you know, members of the front office yeah. to talk about what's coming up. You know, like Brooke Cooper, who's our vice president of marketing. It'd be good to have her down here sometime uh, to talk about our promotional schedule mm -hmm. for 2022. I mean, it'd be great to have Dr. Charles down here for an episode yeah. one time. We'll make sure, sure we please can. block he's a, at he's least. Shy. I don't know if he's... please block at least two hours of your day. <laughs> that will be a great episode with Dr. Plan, Charles. Plan a trip that yeah. week. And you a will nice be a nice long road trip. Yeah, exactly. If we're lucky, save half of it for the way back home. We can get Larry one day too. But anyways, yeah. that would be fun. You said walking in on opening day was the first time you were here at the well, ballpark. Well, so I, actually, I had tried to get into the ballpark as an employee before that, um, but uh, we work because we were working over at the Mercantile Center a yep. little bit on the on the very top floor, um, and I walked over and I couldn't get in. So there you go. That's the only time I tried to get in here, and they let me in on opening day, so it was good. Yeah, yeah but good. it's just in. I don't think people realize too that most of the year, because of the COVID uh, delays, we were we didn't even have an office. Right. So you're dragging stuff from home back and forth. That was the first thing that 
that went in the plans, when there were delays, and they told us, hey, we're not going to be able to finish everything. And we're not going to cut back on the, you know, what the Right, fan, for the fan experience. experience. Yeah, so, so the first thing was, we don't need offices. We've been working from home for however long. So I remember watching you and Steve bring in, like, extra monitors and <laughs> for your I actually was just bringing that into, like, last week. <laughs> yeah. Just always bringing in, <laughs> and then like, tote Somebody said to me, this, do you want me to get you another monitor so you have to bring a monitor back and forth? And I was like, thank you. It's like a Christmas <laughs> miracle. It was perfect. Um, so the challenge is that, you know, it's just interesting to see how the team has come along so far. And there's, there's a lot more. Uh, woohoo! always something cool, cool and new. new in 22. Yeah. Got it. So we'll have a lot of good stuff coming up this year, too. Maybe in some new songs. Actually, Maybe I got a great idea. Are when we Doctor Charles comes back from his live record the podcast? He can intro. sing live on the podcast. Oh, two, Woo Sox Twenty Two, and Woofster, the Wonder Dog. Who knows? Maybe we'll Wolfster. do we'll do some cool stuff if you're a Booster Club member too. You can sign up for free at WooSox.com to become a WooSox Booster Club. Oh, we member. can do a word of the day too. Yeah. Today's word of the day is Akame. It's already in there. So why is it Akame? Uh because I like Josh Akame. Is there any other Who reason that I like need Josh to? Josh Akame. It's not because he's in town. It's not because he's going around no, Worcester. Yeah, I know he's doing the caravan, but I just you know what reminded me of that kid in the Little League World Series? Where he liked JD Martinez? Because he hits bombs. Remember he, that kid? No. No? Okay. I remember Big that. Al. Do you remember Big Al? That was the guy who used to live down the street from me. <laughs> Different Big Al. I'm talking Little League World trouble, Series. Big Al. He said, my name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. That's who it was. Yeah, that's, that's, what, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. My name's Josh Akami, and I hit dingers. He does hit dingers. Yeah. There was a very And he cool makes a mean sandwich at St. John's Food Pantry. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. He did a great job. You know. There was a very cool moment, one of my favorite stories from this season. Um, the control room, for those of you who don't know, is up on the DCU like club level. There are windows that we keep Which you open. can see right. on a Polar Park tour. Right. If you see a sign that says Taj Mahal, That's it's it. not the Taj Mahal. It's the control room. It's the room. control room. And we have windows that open up during games so we can hear the music that we're playing out to fans. And there's seats right there. So a lot of times people would look in, like wave to us and start conversations with us. And I feel bad because sometimes they would try to start a conversation with me and I'm in the middle of something. And I just like look at them and ignore them, which is awful. I'm just talking into That's a headset. That's what you do to me. That's different. That's on purpose. I'd like to talk to the fans. I'm just busy during a game. But anyway, the Josh Ockamy story I have. Ock is up at the plate. He ends up hitting a tank to left center, like 450 feet or something. Which happened at least once or twice a homestand, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's got pop. But our windows are wide open. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Ock goes deep, and then we just hear – one fan a lot louder than everyone else screaming, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's Was my I brother. That that's my brother. Oh. And I look outside, and it's Josh Ockamy's brother just going absolutely nuts. His brother and his dad were out there. And I was thinking, how cool is that for fans sitting up in the DCU club area? That's what my mom does every time we sign up a new Booster Club member at the booth yeah. on a game day. She's like, that's my that's son. That's my son. She's going to do that. She's so proud. In this podcast. Every uh, time you speak, no, she'll probably be embarrassed. Never listen, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can give you a little insider from my one day as a bat boy and tell you that Josh Ockamy's bat 
has the names of his family. It says breathe, and it says seaball, hitball. So you want to know his secret to all those C-ball, home runs. Seaball, hitball. Seaball, hitball. Two right. steps. But you yeah. just told everybody. And to breathe. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to go pro. Secret's you guys out. trying to go pro? There's TQ's gonna be trying to bring that average up. If he, if he knew <laughs> seaball, hitball when he was hitting 187, maybe it would have happened more. What was the average again? 183? 187. 187. Oh, 187. Don't shortchange me. Jeez. Wow. It was above 200 for, for his last year. That's all that matters. Yeah. I dealt with a hamstring injury sophomore year that never got better. I, I tore my hamstring in fall ball, and then the athletic trainer was like, did you feel a pop? Because if you felt a pop, it might be torn. And I just wanted to play, and I was like, it, it didn't pop. It popped twice. But I was like, I, I definitely didn't feel a pop. And then I still get cramps. Just if I sit down for too long in the same spot, my hamstring will just cramp. How old are you? 25. That happens to me because I'm old. You are I sit old. in one spot too long, I can't get up. And always remember how I got you to admit you're old. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Story. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to leave it for episode one. I think so too. And I, we definitely need to get into opening day, expand yeah. off of. Opening day is an episode in itself. Yeah, for sure. Episode two, perhaps. Episode two, perhaps. Perhaps. Steve Oliveira, episode three. Okay, good. Mm. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. Very nice, yeah. So that's going to be it for the inaugural Woo Sox podcast, episode one. Thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're catching clips on our TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're watching, thank you very much. We can't wait to have you guys back at Polar Park for an event or for the 2022 season. So check out WooSox.com for more info on tickets and how to get here. Woohoo. Woosox 22. Take two. Electric Boogaloo.